Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, not on broadcast. Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, it's a podcast now. It's a show that's worth another go. Stop us if we start to ramble. Listen as we watch, into the rewatch, join us, Art and Daniel. We love to see our hot dad down on his luck. Hello and welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, Daniel, and I would just like to give thanks for this day and this episode of Riverdale and this podcast uh, to our most gracious Lord up high. In Jason's name we pray, amen. And joining me is that other third, Art. Hey, uh, Cheryl might want to get in on this one because like, maybe she gets to finally, you know, kiss the ghost of her... Of of her first lover, her her brother, her twin brother. Yeah, uh, just maybe. It seems like they are maybe uh, trying to ease in a little bit more supernatural stuff uh, as we go along. I thought uh, Vic- Veronica's uh, opal looked real fucking spooky. Oh, I will say, uh, mm-hmm. the opal looked like yeah. it had an eternal glow to it. I know it didn't. But it looked right. like it did. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying when she first opened that box, it seemed to do a bit of a little shimmer dance there that I associate with magical items on TV. I don't know. Yeah, Guess we'll find out. I, I just want to say, I hope they get superpowers before the end of this season. Because <laughs> it looks like they're really going in for the supernatural stuff right now without, like, saying it. Yeah. But, like, they seem Laying to be. Groundwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, the uh, only way to find out is to just hop on in, because this is Riverdale uh, Season 5, Episode 11, Chapter 87, Strange Bedfellows. Uh, And we get a recap this week. Uh, I skipped it when I watched it, so I don't know what's on it, but I'm assuming it covers all the shit from Season 5, or Season 4, that they bring back. Yeah, they actually do bring back quite a bit. And, um, wish they hadn't, because it was all stuff I didn't like when that season aired, but I guess we're here. Well, you know. Like, it is, it is inconceivable to me that, uh, Dodger is back. How? Or Dodger's family, I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah, they bring a lot of stuff in from season four, and I'm just like, why? Yeah. Uh... Also, uh, so we open up with uh, Alice, Waldo, Archie, and Kevin surveying the school that's been trashed by the prisoners per Hiram's arrangement with them. Uh, they, they like, stopped to get spray cans to graffiti on the way over. Like, what is that? These walls are covered in graffiti. Yeah, like, it'd be different if it wasn't prisoners who were recently released right you know if it's like uh, if there, a riot happens or whatever you know there's always a hooligan out there with a pan, uh, can of spray paint trying to tag some shit in the confusion sure this was some guys hired to trash a school and they did a very good job but they also spray painted a bunch of stuff which seems weird to me yeah uh oh hang on very important moment alice says well i guess it's back to remote learning which means they are acknowledging that COVID happened in this universe, and they think by 2027 we'll be done. Oh, th- oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> well, to be fair, we don't know. It could anything could happen, but it's not looking great for that 2027 called shot. Nah, nah. Okay, so far, 
24-7. They just need to say it. Yeah. I mean, there's only one way the math maths, and that's if this is 2027. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Veronica's gotten her special delivery, uh, which is her blue opal that she's bought for a... She's found for a buyer. Um, I actually did a bit of research uh, last night while I was watching this because I wanted to know, uh, you know, if opals are like diamonds and are like, you know, mined problematically with child slaves. Couldn't figure that out because uh, if you type in Ethiopian blue opal, it just takes you to a bunch of paid advertisers trying to sell you an Ethiopian blue opal. Um, but among all of that, uh, articles that sounded like they were written by robots, uh, the general consensus seems to be that blue opals are actually the less valuable opal. The majority of opals come out of Australia, uh, and are the ones that are more highly valued of blue opals. Uh, I couldn't find exact pricing, but it seems like a, a good Ethiopian blue opal is about $2,000, which is a chunk of change, but seems kind of low end for what Veronica supposedly deals in. I don't know. Uh, well, it's a pretty, pretty big chunk, you know? I mean, but she's like, oh, I deal in high-end jewelry. And, you know, as far as jewelry goes, $2,000 is, like, next to nothing, right? I will say, That's okay. like hobby time. Like, when she pulls it up, it does look like it has an eternal glow. Like, a slight It one. does, yeah. It's got, it seems to have a magical shimmer in my eyes. Yeah, the, the most I could find on the ethics of mining blue opal is that the... Uh, I cannot remember which nation... Oh, I'm stupid. Ethiopia. Uh, the Ethiopian government does, uh, as well as the international mining, like, community, do have, like, guidelines in place for fair and equitable, uh, mining rights. But, you know, that's... What I read was, it's ethical if you research the mine it came from and they followed those guidelines. Otherwise, who the fuck knows? So, I can't say. Also, also, uh, I don't really trust a lot of things saying things are unless it's from the actual company i mean country in africa i don't believe anyone if they say it's ethical i don't oh i love this like weird (laughs) this weird improv bit that uh cheryl's actress and anna rose's actress had to do to lead us into this scene we transitioned to uh Thornhill or whatever, and we catch the end of uh, Nana Rose and Cheryl's conversation, where Nana Rose says, only when I feel like it, and Cheryl replies, well, you are legally senile. (laughs) I don't know, that really tickled me. Um, But then Penelope comes into the scene dressed as a witch. Yeah, she is 100% dressed as a witch right now. If if someone is a matron... Out of the, th- mm-hmm. uh, out of the, you know, the three sisters. She she even refers to the other two, despite one being her mother and one being her daughter, as her sisters, as if she were in a witch's coven. Yeah, like there's no way they're not witches right now. <laughs> they even did a prayer to stop a fire. Yeah, uh, and so building on top of that, Penelope says that she's found religion in prison, and uh, she doesn't mean Christianity. She has established her own prison religion. And she thinks she's going to, uh, she wants to start it up again here in town, or specifically in Thornhill. Well, they seem to be mentioning Sweetwater, and, uh, like, I, like, maybe you could transfer that into something else, but... What do you mean? Well, like, as a different meaning. 
you know? Oh, yes. But, Sorry, like, yeah. But, like, it's very clearly just about the river. Uh, oh, you know, I forgot that the river was named Sweetwater River. I assumed it meant their maple syrup. No, like, no, I think it's supposed to mention the river, but, like, I feel like you could turn it into some uh, some different meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, we get the, the one moment of Betty's storyline, which doesn't lead anywhere, but she is eating some smart food, uh, popcorn, which I believe is a real, like, yes. off-brand, store-brand food. So that was a weird one. I guess the prop department just didn't have enough time to create a fake bag. No, it is, it is a real, real brand. Yeah. So. Um, again, prominently displayed. But Betty gets a call, um, from Tabitha because... Jughead's fucking missing because Tabitha's a terrible trip sitter. Uh, and so she's asking <laughs> Betty's help to track down Jughead. They call her out about it. I'm so glad. Yeah. I forget who does it, but it's not. Uh, I believe it's Jessica, his ex girlfriend. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, I remember Jessica's whole thing this episode, finally. Yep. You know, like, I. Okay. Whenever we forget everything about an episode, I don't think it's because nothing happened. It's because we don't believe that this is a show. <laughs> uh, someone tries to rob Pop Tates. It's not important. <laughs> yeah, it's kind uh, of Oh, I guess what's important about it is that Tabitha manages to knock him out. And so now uh, he's in custody at the hospital. And uh, Sheriff Keller and Archie are trying to put the lean on him to try to figure out where the other convicts are. Uh, and it sounds like he's going to cooperate, um, or at least negotiate cooperation, which comes back later in a really kind of weird way. Uh, Veronica's jewelry store, again, is up and running, and I don't know enough about uh, jewelry stores to know if uh, this is just what a jewelry store being shot, f being filmed would look like, or if this was deliberately trying to look like uncut gems, because the lighting is like very uncut gems to me. Well, maybe that's just the normal lighting. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's the normal lighting of a jewelry store, or if they're deliberately trying to do an Uncut Gems thing. But uh, she buzzes someone in through the security door without checking who it is, which defeats the point of having a security door in your very expensive jewelry shop. But okay, Veronica, you're the she-wolf of Wall Street. Definitely. Ow. Yep. Um, and hey, look, it's the fucking Dodgers. Uh, Mama Dodger and Brother Dodger... Are and Rangan has to say you're the psychopath since Thanksgiving seven years ago, which makes us an even weirder reunion. But um, so things we've learned about Veronica today: she's terrible at security, uh, and she also cheats out on building renovations because jewelry stores have extremely thick uh, anti-shatter glass for their display cases, precisely so that if someone tries to rob them, it takes them a very long time to get to the jewels. Uh, Veronica got regular glass, so Dodger's brother, uh, other Dodger, just smashes all the glass and takes her jewelry. Or they have superpowers. <laughs> um, I feel like if that were the case, Veronica would probably say something like, that's so crazy, I have shatterproof glass, how did he break it like that? You know, yeah, they, they, they don't, they don't leave a lot for the imagination, Plot-wise. Yeah, no, simply Veronica is a shitty business owner. <laughs> simply she is bad. Yeah, you're supposed to have, like, really, really good anti-shatter anti glass. Yeah. No, like, I've seen videos of, like, guys in the middle of a jewelry robbery, and they're, like, wailing on this glass with a hammer for, like, 
two minutes trying to get through because the glass is like designed to not break. Did you see that one video recently where like this one guy like in the middle of the day trying to break it gives up in the middle tries to run out and is immediately caught? Uh, I did not. I did see one where someone edited it with uh, the Minecraft mining noises as he was hitting it. <laughs> and when the glass finally broke, they put they superimposed a little Minecraft diamond in the spot and he picked it up. And it was very funny. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, during the school cleanup, Kevin, Fangs, and Archie catch the end bit of a press conference by Hiram Lodge, who has announced a bounty for any of his convicts that are returned to his prison. And Archie says, hey, what if this school needs money? What if we get into bounty hunting? Cut. <sighs> I feel, okay. I, Archie just needs to join a mercenary group so he can kill people yeah. and capture people, because that seems to be the only thing he wants to do. Well, uh, good news, he pairs up with his mercenary uncle to do this, so like... Like, this could have been, honestly, this could have been, like, an entire, uh, like, 90s, uh, edgy TV show spinoff. Like, Archie, the war vet, uh, needs to save his town, and all these criminals are now loose in the town. He's got to become a bounty hunter and take him down with his mercenary uncle, and he puts a crew together. Like, that could be a, uh, episodic... TV show where, you know, each week they track down a new bounty and yeah, take oh, him in. It would only last for one season, but that one season, people Oh, lost. it would have its, yeah, cult classic, for sure. It'd be like a, Bay, Bay, a Baywatch Nights, where the first season was just like <laughs> a regular-ass TV show, and the second one mm -hmm. was David Hasselhoff solving <laughs> supernatural crimes. There was a mummy. Nice. In it, so. Uh... So Archie goes to hire him to get a list of names, which I feel like should have been publicized information. If you were putting a bounty out, I feel like you would also put out the information you had on those convicts, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, Governor Dooley's pissed off at Hiram because Dooley wants a cut of the palladium he's been mining in the prison, and Hiram doesn't want to give him any. Yeah. the the Is this the A-plot? It feels like the A-plot. Uh, it's either this or Jughead, I would say. They're both, I think, pretty significant parts of this episode. Yeah. This this has a lot of little subplots running through it, and they don't yeah. play the important ones first. Normally they mm -hmm. do a pretty good, like, you know, A, B, C, D plot. Here mm -hmm. I think they did it backwards. Hmm. Uh, this is one of those nexus points where a bunch of uh, the individual plots uh, cross over slightly. For example, uh, Reggie, for some reason, visits Veronica in her jewelry store and she uh, enlists him to help her hunt down uh, the blue opal for her buyer. And then we get Reggie's backstory, which is... Uh, first he says, uh, this is a high school, I only work for one lodge, and it's not you, which I think was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but then he explains that his uh, dad's business uh, ran into financial trouble after high school, and so he turned to Hiram for help. And so then Hiram put Reggie in indentured servitude? Yeah. Because uh, he says he's working off his dad's debt. So like his dad sold him to Hiram, I guess, and now Hiram's literally his new dad? I, I guess? I guess, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, but Reggie says he will help find the rock for old time's sake. 
again, she's like really fixated on this uh about two thousand dollar opal. Uh like a an engagement ring can run easily like ten, twenty thousand dollars. And she had like a bunch of jewelry in those display cases. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Uh I didn't catch this uh, last time, but Tabitha telling a bit of a lie here. She says that when Jughead was high, he made a pass at her, which is not true. They were both stone cold sober when that kiss happened. Oh, oh! also, she kissed him on purpose. Yeah, yeah it was definitely a mutual thing no, there. Like, like, also, also, they have, wait, she has been the main driver of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is a big lie. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, she Tabitha says that Jughead told her to not be such a Betty, uh, which is a synonymous with being a fucking killjoy. Uh, which I guess is fine and true, and I don't think Betty would have let him take shrooms. But yeah, but Betty Betty pretty much calls her out about being a bad trip sitter. Like maybe she should have. I don't know trips at him no i i think i think it was jessica because betty doesn't oh, no no know jessica no jessica does it sorry yeah. i keep on forgetting about the whole jessica's part yeah uh because jessica really doesn't do anything in this episode she just sort of shows up okay Dude, i want to admit something real quick mm-hmm. i know jessica's supposed to be like the bad person in this episode mm-hmm. kind of I-, I think i would date her in a second i know it'd be a bad thing but i think i would date jessica I mean, yeah, she seems pretty cool. She, she seems, seems like she, she seems hang. cool, but also she seems like she'd get bored of me and just try to make me break up with her. Yeah, it, she seems like the kind of person that needs to go out every night. But yeah. she does have a shroom connect, so oh, you know what? Maybe I, maybe <laughs> I chill. Maybe I'd have less anxiety if I do a lot more yeah. shrooms and uh, acid. You know. Although now I'm thinking about it, I'm not. I've never bought shrooms before. That's a true statement. But I think five hundred seems a little steep. Oh. Uh, then I guess I don't know how much, how many shrooms uh, Jake had bought. See, I don't know what it is in twenty twenty money. I mean twenty twenty seven money, I should say. Which inflation would be? If oh, it, you're right. Yeah. Also, I will say also, if inflation is just going normal, not like it's this mm-hmm. year, that'd be like fourteen percent higher. Because it's supposed to go up around, like, you know, around 2% uh-huh. each year. Uh-huh. So, like, I we can't even do future inflation. We can't do inflation yeah. calculators. Yeah, we, we simply <laughs> don't know. Uh, we simply don't know what the economy is like anymore. So I guess that's fair that maybe it is $500. Um, <laughs> the Riverdale writers really fucking figured out, you know what, that's, maybe Ethan Opals are now super valuable in 2027 because Australia's... Uh, in nuclear winter or something. I don't fucking well, also, know. Also, another thing, like, things that were yeah. cheap and bad in the past have became popular. Yeah. Actually, you're you're right, because what I was reading about Ethiopian blue opals was that they're not super valuable now, but they are a growing, they have become a growing share of the opal market. Like, it was 95, it's like 95% of opals come from Australia and 5% from Ethiopia. But, you know... 10 years ago, it was 100% of opals came from Australia. So, you know, seven years into the future, maybe blue opals really are worth $10,000. I don't fucking know. Yeah. They got us this time. They figured out they did. how you to know get what? around All you need to do research. is jump enough in the future where we can't yeah. say anything about it and we can't complain. 
Really? Surely they figured out how to get around not doing research and just putting it in the future so that anything's possible. Putting it God in the near it. future, but not yeah. super close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, so Darla, uh, Darla Dodger is in the hospital doing her best Joker impersonation. Uh, you know, when he was wearing the maid out, the, the nurse outfit, and then she uh, knocks out and kidnaps Sheriff Keller. And then I think she kills this guy. That was the reason she was here. Yeah. She said in about two minutes, Jeremy won't be saying much of anything to anyone. In how how did they know he was talking, I guess? How did they even know he was in the hospital? Also, like, what does what what is he gonna say? He doesn't know where the other people are. And I think Hiram's plan is done at this point, right? He doesn't have additional use for these guys. Weird. No. Yeah? Yeah, I just I Weird scene. <laughs> like, I feel like I would just hire a bunch of mercenaries and... Well, I guess he didn't well, have he... to hire them. Yeah. Well, no, but One, he did hire some of them, and... though. I mean, prison dudes are going to be bought a lot cheaper than professional mercenaries, and there's also less of a paper trail. Uh, if you just let out some dudes, I think, than, you know, flying in some Blackwater guys. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's not Blackwater anymore. I think it's it's something else. They just changed their name for doing the same thing. Um, so Jughead's in uh, Sketch Alley, which they return to calling it Sketch Alley, even though the very first episode, Jughead says it's now called Skid Row, because uh, they're done being cutesy about it. And uh, some business dudes start ragging on him, and I thought, because they say, like, you again or something, so I thought it was maybe, like, the preppies as adults. No, it's just the business. some business guys who like to beat up homeless dudes. Uh, very American psycho. Do you think they're going to bring back any of the preppies that, that are still alive? That would be fun. I, I mean, if that. they're going to bring back fourth season stuff, I mean... Right, like, if you're bringing back fucking Dodgers family, certainly the preppies can come back. They brought back Chick from the second season, so, you know. Right? <laughs> um... Yeah, so uh, Arch, uh, Joyhead gets beat up for no reason, then uh, Archie's assembling his team, it's Fangs, uh, Kevin, Fred, not Fred, Frank, um, and they're gonna go catch up some criminals. And also, Kevin's worried because he hasn't heard about his, from back from his dad, but that's fine, because, you know, we know where he is. Yeah, we know uh, where he also is. Also, Archie says, no guns, which seems like a terrible uh, choice when... Many of these convicts do have guns, but that's fine. It works out. I, I also, also, I feel like this... Well, are they shooting in Canada? Yeah. Okay, that might be part of it as well. I don't know why, but that might be part of it. But, like, I feel like... Mm-hmm. It's America. You're allowed to have a gun and shoot someone if you're, you know, white enough. Oh, I mean, they're filming in Canada, but that doesn't impact having prop guns you can use on TV. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Like, I just, it doesn't make any sense. Well, the point is that Archie doesn't believe in guns because the Black Hood almost killed his father with a gun. (sighs) That's the reason he's saying no guns. But isn't Um, isn't the argument he's a good guy with a gun? No, because this show is made by liberals. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's very, again, you know, this is a Berlanti joint, this is very, uh, vigilante-esque, except for it's insane, because Archie's not a superhero, so we can't suspend our disbelief about the fact that he, you know, knows martial arts and can take out seven guys with a gun. 
Uh, he's just a guy, and he should have a gun. Well, I think he gets. I think he gets invincibility next season. So you know. Yeah, then then he can say no guns. Until then, he should get a gun if he's gonna go. Especially because he knows one of the uh, uh, escaped convicts is uh, fucking Ted, the other black ops mercenary that he and Frank took down. If that guy has a gun, you need a gun because that guy's very scary. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Betty uh, and Tabitha decide to call Jessica in case. Uh, Jughead had reached out to her during his trip, and she might know where he is. Um, and so they... Betty knows Jughead's old passcode, which is still his new passcode. Uh, so he calls her, and uh, she decides to come on down to help look for him, because also he owes her money. Uh, yeah, and then Jessica mentions the uh, I thought Diner Girl was supposed to be looking after him. <laughs> And calls her an amateur uh, when Betty says he got around her. And yeah, she was an amateur because a real tripster is supposed to stay there the whole time. Yeah. You're not supposed to handcuff someone. Uh, and then we get to see a little inkling of uh, Penelope's church, which is very strange. Uh, because they definitely wrote this sermon as if she were, you know, a southern... Uh, brimstone and hellfire type preacher, except for she's Penelope Blossom and continues to use the affectations, you know, that slightly Victorian-esque affectation that the Blossoms do. And so there's a weird dissonance for me, uh, between what she's saying and, like, how she's delivering it. Yeah. I will say, uh, it didn't take much to turn their funeral room mm-hmm. into a church. It looks very sure. churchy. But, like... Well, you know what? Actually, uh, their old hat... Ha- their second house, uh, Thistle, whatever, Thistle Hill, Thistle Thorn, or whatever, uh, had a church inside it. Remember, that's where she was keeping Jason. So maybe they have a church inside this one as well. Maybe. Yeah, so maybe this is just the church room, and so they've reopted it for a different religion. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's, Penelope's talking about, uh, drinking of his sweet water to be cleansed or whatever, and, uh, Cheryl. Jumps in to be like, who exactly is he in this context? And that's when we learn that uh, Penelope is not some sort of born-again Christian. She has, in fact, uh, erected a religion around the martyrdom of her son Jason, who died for the sins of this world. (laughs) Which, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Jesus, Jason, it's pretty close. (laughs) Blood. I mean, also, it's close, you know, one one letter off from JB, you know, from JC, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. She does a weird, like, almost jazz hand maneuver there uh, during her speech, which I, I enjoyed. Man, I really hope, I really hope there's a, I, I hope her power, Penelope, is in next season, because I'm very about this whole thing right now. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. They, she is really trying for a hellstyre. Uh, like Southern Baptist uh, thing. Yeah. And it's not ro- but, working. Yeah, because she doesn't have uh, any of the energy or accent of a Southern Baptist brimstone and hellfire preacher. She's doing her weird Victorian thing. Yeah, like, y- uh, you really you really need to have that, like, that, yeah. I don't know. You have to have that, like, glottal stop thing where you have to take in breath because you're just fucking yeah. going for it so hard. Yeah. I mean, you, you need to be Baron Quinn. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Remember, remember that show, man. Yeah. <laughs> Two really good seasons and one not so great season. 
Uh, so, uh, Archie kicks down the door, uh, and is like, hey, assholes, you're all going back to prison. But then, uh, doesn't a guy, does a guy pull a gun? Yeah. One of these guys says, you don't even have guns, and pulls out a gun. Um, which, thank God, Reggie showed up with a gun to save them. And even after all this, they still don't get guns, which I wouldn't be following Archie around for this. I would go get a gun. Uh, but, uh, Reggie's here, and I, I forgot that Reggie was part of a different thing, and was like, oh, cool, I'm glad Reggie didn't listen to Archie and brought a gun. Uh, incorrect. Reggie is with Veronica, and Veronica's okay with, uh, firearms. But they, uh... The cons flip on their brothers real fast, I guess, and let Reggie know where the rest of them are hiding out. Uh, and Archie and Veronica's relationships uh, on shaky grounds, and it's literally the least interesting part of this entire show. So that's fine. I don't care to recap it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Jughead wakes up in a shelter with a blanket uh, and new clothes, I guess. Uh, and bandages and all of that he's been tended to. Oh, he does say you probably have an affection. Okay. Uh, I was wondering uh, later on when he's like, I gave you antibiotics, so now you're fine. So I thought he was just like super bruised up. I guess he's got an infection. <laughs> From like, I guess, I, I mean, I guess like the punching and kicking could have opened up cuts that got infected while he was on the ground, but um, maybe it's like cold out too, I guess. I don't know. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> in, in essence. Um, the important thing is this man who has saved Jughead's life turns out to be, uh, Doc, uh, who sharp-eyed fans of the show might remember was the man that Jughead watched, like, get murdered, uh, when he was homeless, that he told the preppies about. Oh, Yeah! I was wondering if I was supposed to recognize this random white yeah. man. Well, you, you know, immediately after he says his name, they do a flashback to Jughead explained to the preppies at the time he watched a man die in front of him. I thought, I thought that it was like gonna be a thing where, cause I really thought he meant that Doc had died that night with the drunken businessmen. So I thought this was like an apparition or like a guy that looked like Doc and he's hallucinating and thinks it is Doc. No, this is actually Doc. Or, or he has superpowers, and his and his thing is like a Klaus's and Umbrella yeah, you Academy. Yeah, like Klaus Klaus situation where he's talking to the dead. Yeah, like he he, you know, it's a whole you know thing. Well, uh, let's see if anyone else talks to Doc in this episode. It could very much be, uh, you know, I see dead people thing. Although, uh, I, I will say that Riverdale is not known for its patience or subtlety. Uh, I feel like if this were a Klaus type situation, we would have learned it before the episode was yeah, over. That's but the thing. Anything that knows? we could possibly say, hey, that's clever, like it's not. Yeah. No, it's never. Because they're just going to no. say it immediately if yeah, it is right. and make it dumb. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Hiram's calling Dooley, asking him to come back. And it's because uh, Ted is holding him hostage because Ted wants the Palladium as well. And he's got the Walking Dead Negan bat. Um, I think that might literally be like a they went on Amazon and bought a Halloween Negan bat. That's like that was the bat, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, like uh, Barbara wrapped around a baseball bat isn't like a super creative thing. Sure, it's like yeah. a step up from just putting some nails or screws through a bat. Hang on, let me 
Let me look at what the Negan bat looks like, because I didn't actually watch Walking... Yeah, the Negan uh, bat was like... It was called Lucille or something. Like, it was named... Yeah. I think that was... Okay, I guess there's... Well... I don't know. That looks... No, I guess there's a bit more barbed wire on it, so it's not actually the Negan bat. It's just barbed wire. All right. That was wrong. It's not important. He's got a bat. It's not being held by, like, just the one of the most daddies of daddies uh, <laughs> <laughs> either, so... Which it tur- uh, it turns out okay. uh, the the boys uh, the person who is the you know main person oh, for the that, boys that guy? Eric Kemp yeah um, yeah uh, is basically just trying to put everyone he can from Supernatural. <laughs> in I mean the show. that I mean that makes sense when when you do a show and you find people you really gel with yeah but try to reach back and, but but apparently you know. he's going to be in the next season and yeah. I can't wait because saw- they're going to make him real hot. Because yeah. saw saw people talking about that, but as a person who did not watch Supernatural or The Walking Dead, I like had no context for who this man was. Yeah, just just know that he's real hot. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's just a real hot. You know, he's the definition of daddy, pretty much. Uh, so Jessica's leading them through town, looking at all of Jughead's spots, searching. She says she knows all his hiding spots. Uh, she's not actually looking for Jughead, she's, uh, actually looking for his manuscript, um, which will become clear after they revisit the sex bunker. Which, so far this season, not sex bunker, just free apartment. Well, now, now they're adults, so. Yeah. It's not about the tantalizing ability to have sex where your parents aren't, it's about, holy shit, I don't have to pay rent here. (laughs) It has electricity, and I guess water? Yeah. Or if not, then, like... They've bought and st- restocked the water supply. Yeah. One or the other. Uh, Cheryl says she doesn't believe in the afterlife. It's fine. She tells her mother wait, to wait. stop scamming people. She believed in a ghost for like half a season. Well, she, yeah. And then she said, you ruined it, mom, when you, uh, <laughs> when you faked a bunch of ghost shit for me. Uh, uh, yeah. Also, also, that's going to go completely against... The next season. Right. But whatever. The next season might as well just be a different show until proven otherwise. Um, but Penelope insists uh, the heaven is real and it flows with the sweetest maple syrup and that's where Jason is or whatever. It's going to be uh, resurrected and they're going to do that thing from Buffy and be like, why did you bring me back? I was in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a pretty incredible scene where uh, Veronica gets a call, and it's because uh, Ted has her father, Sheriff Keller, and Governor Dooley held hostage at the El Royale. Uh, and in exchange, he wants her father's palladium. And the um, the only person she should care about in that room is is uh, Sheriff. D- I mean, uh, Sheriff Keller. I just realized uh, Dooley won elect re-election probably at least once, if not twice. Yeah, I mean, Hiram like funded the shit out of him. Oh yeah, I guess so. We already know he's corrupt. Um, and then Dodger shoots Dooley in the stomach, which is baffling for many reasons. Um, <laughs> the br- I mean. You have three hostages, right? And you want to show you mean business, so you're going to injure one. Sure. You have uh, the ex-mayor of the town and the guy who's got the thing you want. You've got the governor of the state. And you've got a town sheriff. 
which one are you going to injure? Which one's the least valuable that you can afford to lose? Is it, is it the rich man who has the things you want? Is it the governor of the state or is it the local sheriff? I just can't figure this out. The person who has the power to call their National Guard troops. The, the guy who could probably, like, pardon this whole thing? Is that the guy you want to potentially kill? Or is it the local sheriff or is it the man who has the money and the things you want? I, I just can't figure it out. Well, yeah, Hiram should you know, be dead. It's a real conundrum. Hiram should be dead, honestly. Well, no, it should be Keller. No, no, Keller? Yeah, no Keller. No Keller should be. Yeah, because he could yeah. he could be replaced pretty easily. Right, like, Keller's value is basically that he is a living human being, and they can torture him to show that they mean business, and they're not afraid to ki- take life. Uh, Dooley has great political benefits if you keep him alive as a bartering ship. So does Hiram. Keller's just a guy. I don't fucking get it. Yeah. I mean, the real answer is because in the... In the logistics of the show, Dooley's not coming back and is expendable, so if he dies, who cares? Yeah. Um, but in the real world, that's a nuts choice to make. Um, and then Veronica, uh, because Dodger, Dodger's brother is one who shot, uh, the governor's like, oh wait, they're there? You got my opal? Okay, I'm coming for my opal now. Uh, Veronica's really fixated on that opal, um, it has over to be the magical. lives of three people. I mean, she's uh-huh. planning on selling it, so I don't know. Yeah, she's gonna sell it to a warlock. Who's gonna- <laughs> <laughs> um, but she uh, lets Archie know where they are so that he can do the hard part for her. Um, but then they they know Ted's there, and he's like, "Ah, crap." Yeah, they um, they pretty much yep. they pretty much just uh, they pretty much just be like, "Hey, we have we have uh, Hiram's new son. He knows where stuff is at." Yeah. Um, and Reggie shows them his safe. Um, and they're like, hey, are you still driving around with tools in the back of your truck? Which I guess includes a full dolly, and, um, that's a really big drill. I'm, I'm sorry. So, okay, so, normally when people drive around with, uh, with tools, it's normally, like, just-in-case tools that are cheap. Yeah. 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 This is a, that drill classifies as heavy machinery. Yeah, it's a pretty big drill. Like, it's not a drill that I wouldn't expect him not to have because his father was in construction. But, uh, but I wouldn't expect him to. I would have driven around, it around. In the back of his I don't truck, think, certainly. Yeah, yeah, he would be driving around with it. I mean, unless he was doing. Well, you know, you know what, Art? We don't know what the trends are in twenty twenty seven. Maybe it's super trendy to carry a giant drill in the back of your yeah. Truck. You know anything that we try to logic out, we don't know what happens yeah. five years of the future. So yeah, you know, um, a a, a dude with uh, wraparound sunglasses and uh, unkept beard in his truck made a video and he was like, "Hey, you soy beta cooks, you carrying on those weeny little hammers in the back of your truck? What are you gay? A real man carries a giant expensive drill that could." Take a safe out of the wall, I, idiots. I bet you I bet you like men with little weenies too. Because <laughs> you're, a, because, you're because you have a small drill. Yeah. This is the kind of drill a real man uses, and so now all men just own this giant kind of power drill. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they would be able to steal it from the construction people in Sodell, though. Because mm-hmm. there is a need to drill into Right, it's Concrete. it's not inconceivable that they could get their hands on this drill. It is weird that it's just in the back part. Yeah, like truck. I feel like you could like okay, whatever. We're just nitpicking, but it's also, weird yeah. 
Th- th- also, I do think that drill is probably strong enough to just break open that safe at that point. But uh, it's safes five. are safes depending on how expensive the safe is. It's mm-hmm. it's iffy sometimes. I don't know if you watch videos I- of people trying to open up safes, but some safes are real hard to get into. Um, depending on the I guess they technically. I think they. I guess they technically are in a rush. Uh, because Dooley is slowly bleeding out, so I guess I can allow it. But I'm just saying, if you got a drill that big, I feel like with time, it's not a big issue. Yeah. But I guess they are technically on a deadline. Yeah. Um. So they take Jessica to the sex bunker, and this is where she reveals that actually she's been looking for his manuscript the entire time. Um. They're not really upset. They're just sort of confused. But he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I've had it this whole time. I thought we were looking for Jughead, not his manuscript." Wait, why does she want the manuscript? Is it just so she can like publish it herself or something? Or the subtext I picked up here is that yeah, she's trying to steal this manuscript and uh, plagiarize it. The reason she provides within the show is that because Jughead mined so much of his life in Riverdale to create his first hit book, he's afraid that he's now mined his life in New York dating Jessica for his second book. And she doesn't want that thing published uh, so that her friends and family can see it. I don't know if that's her true reasoning, but that's the one she provides. Uh, I feel like it. I feel like it's better just to say I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> steal it. But uh, I assume she's stealing it because if that was the actual reason, I feel like she could have just told them that uh, and not secretly drug them. Yeah. Because by the way, she does drug them, which is yeah. one of the reasons why it wouldn't be good for me to date her. But I would still date her. Sure. Uh, because I love a red flag. I don't. In fact, I think I'm blue green, <laughs> colorblind, so it just looks gray. Mm-hmm. And gray flags are fine. Yeah. Um, but she's like, "New plan. Let's go to pops and figure this out, girls." Uh, and they're like, "Yeah, that seems fine." We'll talk some more, whatever. Um, Jackhead wakes up and he's better because he got. Uh, or sorry, he's not better, but he wakes up because he hears a commotion. And he goes out, and those businessmen are back, and they're beating up Doc again. Um, such is the life of uh, being an underclass, I guess. Um, but Jughead uh, very weakly picks up a box from a dumpster and hits it over the guy's head to knock him out before collapsing again. See, I was going to say that this feels unrealistic, but there was a couple that was recently convicted for basically hunting uh, homeless people for oh, a sport. No, that's not the part I would yeah. feel is unrealistic about that yeah. scene. No. <laughs> the part that uh, maybe is unrealistic is uh, him weakly hitting him on the back of the head with a little wooden tray, and that was enough to knock out a grown man. But yeah. then again, head injuries are, you know, very iffy. If he, acts- if he managed to hit the right spot, I could probably knock a guy out. I don't know. By the way, Seattle, mm-hmm. filled with NIMBYs. And some of them oh, will I literally bet. hunt down homeless people for sport. Yeah, um, Veronica agrees to meet them alone with the safe, uh, and she says, uh, but you, but you have to give me back my opal and also free the hostages. This, that, the hostages are an afterthought for her, and I'm, like, shocked that she didn't, like, demand proof of life for her opal, because it really felt like to me, like, she was really zeroed in on the opal and not the like, fact that her You have to put the again. opal on the phone so I can hear it. Right, talk. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, my father. I mean, the opal. <laughs> I don't know. Just give me the opal back. Is my opal safe? Let me see the opal. Uh, She tells the boys that she can buy them maybe 30 seconds. 
Uh, and Frank's like, it's no good. They'll know all the all the exits. Or she's like, not all of them, because uh, I uh, there's a sunroof that I covered in tarp that uh, he doesn't know about. Also, sorry, I just noticed in the background, did Hiram just put a new bottle of rum in this display case? Because this used to be his first bottle of rum he ever distilled, and we know that Veronica drank that. He probably put a new one. Yeah, he probably put a one and be like, yeah, this is my first one that wasn't yeah, drink I mean, drunken by my daughter. Right. I, I guess I guess for like display purposes, it doesn't matter. It would bother me personally if like, because I'd know it's fake. But uh, Archie says we can drop in through the, the skylight like Batman, which I forgot they established in season one that Batman is a fictional character in the Riverdale universe. And canonically, crossed, I'm pretty sure crossed over with Archie. Sure, but not in this continuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there is. You need to see a. You need to see a, a chart of the Archie extended universe because oh, I'm aware because th- this Riverdale Archie did cross over with original Archie at one point as well. He does. Yeah. Oh, okay. So hmm. that's fun. They they do have Riverdale comics, by the way. Because why wouldn't they? In our world. Yeah, in our world. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have sure. Riverdale comics, um, which I have not that read. That seems weird. I I don't know who that's for. <laughs> who cares about Riverdale enough to want additional Riverdale material? People who were able to get it to go for seven seasons. I guess you're right. <laughs> this show- I don't know. I just assumed everyone who watches the show is like me and watches it because it's terrible. Well, no, 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 I mean, no, you'll get a lot of people who is just like, no, this is nothing like Archie. But then, but then you have a lot of people be like, yeah, I love it. It's weird. And also, I love the comics. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is an extremely narrow overlapping band. But uh, what do I know? Uh, and then we learned that Cheryl's big speech about moving pa- on uh, after she gave her brother a Viking funeral was a lie because she has, in fact, kept her brother's corpse in a trunk in her room uh, for the past seven years. <laughs> Remember that extremely emotional scene they had in the first season? Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. How many times do you think, like, Oh, remember that one Southern Gothic one? Something Rose? Yes, the uh, the uh, Faulkner short story. Yeah. Emily Rose or something, I think. Yeah, she totally did that. Yeah. Also, I love this. Then a bird flies through the window, and traditionally this would be a raven, right? Because that's like the trope. But because it's Cheryl Blossom and her color is red, it is in fact a red cardinal that flo- flies through to caw at her. Which I just think is incredible. It's pretty good. Uh, so Jessica treats the girls to some fries at Pops, and uh, and I'm trying to watch uh, how they're eating. They're making conversation. All right, so Jessica does pick up a fry, but she does not eat it. So far, I've only seen uh the other two eat one a piece. Oh, and Jessica's bringing up uh how Betty like fucked. Archie and broke Jughead's heart or whatever, because she's the Betty Cooper. Um, but Betty's like, oh, Jughead's not that innocent. Check out this voicemail he left me. Uh, which is, you know, the infamous voicemail that 
uh, split them apart even further. Um, and it is, uh, Jughead being like, uh, why didn't you come to my release party? You know what? You're just a cold, heartless bitch that broke my heart and, uh, you don't care about anyone but yourself and all you do is find weakness in people and seek to hurt them. Which, they made it sound like this huge, horrible thing. This is like, it's not nice, but like, she did like, hook up with his best friend. Yeah, like, it sounds like he was just drunk and in his feelings. Yeah. Which, again, not great that he did it, but, like, at the same time, like, it's, it's something you... It is s- not the, like, condemnation that Betty has implied it to be. Like, it's something that, like, you you get the call and be like, hey, it feels like yeah. something's wrong. Do you want to talk about it? Like, adults. It- I mean, two years ago would have been, like, five years since their breakup, and that's a bit of a long time for a voicemail like this. But also, like, if you hook up with your significant other's best friend uh i feel like and then they call you like a duplicitous bitch i feel like you're like well fair is fair yeah like they're they're supposed to be like as much as i hate saying this bro code you know Mm -hmm. like or at least friend code you know you don't do that unless the person is just like hey it's fine because yeah, no, it's it's a very that's what I'm saying. It's like an extremely disrespectful thing to do to a person you're in a relationship with. So if they lash out back at you and call you a bitch, that's like not like an oh my god, Jughead's a terrible person. That's like you really hurt his feelings and like it's not nice like he said that to you and he probably shouldn't have, but like you can't be like, oh see, he's not blameless either. <laughs> like this is a direct response thing, you know? Yeah, like I I would almost <laughs> expect this kind of response, especially if right. they're drunk, because they don't know how to say their feelings. Yeah. The the only weird thing about this is that it came five years after they broke up. Um, but it's not it's not the like horrible thing that Betty has like made it out to be before she played it as like definitive proof that Jughead's also a dickhead. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they call it darkness, and um, I disagree. No, that's just someone's in their feelings. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that was that was not dark. Dark would have been Jughead being like, "You stupid fucking bitch! I'm gonna uh, slice off your skin and eat it or something." I'll you know, show. Like, I'll show. I know you where you fucking dark- live. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna show you some darkness, Betty. <laughs> I'm gonna murder you and your mother and your sister and your uh, hang on, fake brother and your real brother. Right, your fake brother and your real brother and your cousins, your whole family. She, he didn't even bring up the fact that she's related to the Black Hood. I'll tell everyone about all the murders you did when the cameras are off. Yeah, honestly, between um, writing a quote-unquote fictitious account of her life uh, with him in Riverdale and calling her a bitch on the phone, I think the first one was a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um... Then Jessica explains, um, you know, because Betty's opened up, so she's going to open up, uh, that they were together, but it was like a toxic relationship, and they both just brought out more toxicity within one another, um, and that's why she broke up with him. And uh, then then Tabitha starts to feel it. <laughs> yeah, Tabitha's like, are you guys hot? And I'm just like, yeah, this is where, the, this is where we get Tabitha slash Jessica <laughs> slash Betty. But no, she drugged them. Yeah, uh, she uh, 
She sprinkled some dried shrooms on top of the fries, which, one, I'm okay. not sure how you didn't notice that. Yeah. So, okay, here's the thing. Hypothetically, mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. hypothetically, mm-hmm. if you were to, I don't know, grind up a bunch of shrooms. Right. You probably want to just, like, mix it into something that you will eat all of, so you get the yeah, same exactly. dosage. Well... She's not trying to give them a good time. She's trying to incapacitate them so she can steal the manuscript. But still, yeah. it's like not a... Fries are not an effective delivery system for a like, powder. Like, hypothetically, if you get like a really also, strong, strong tasting like milkshake or something that will cover up mm-hmm. the taste. Cause like, See, yeah, that's what she should have spiked is their milkshakes. Yeah, hypothetically. Yeah. But like, and also like... How many, how much shrooms could they honestly have ingested eating the like handful of fries they did? I feel like it's gotta be, uh, under a gram, right? Yeah. Or hypothetically, or you'd put it in like a, like a burger, like the burger meat or something. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like it's, but it was cooked by, like, she should have sprinkled it into the, yeah, it should have been the milkshakes. Yeah, they have milkshakes. You should have done the milkshakes. Yeah, something that would have some particulate in it and is yeah. strongly is strongly flavored. Yeah, but so, one, she had to have wasted a lot of shrooms in order to effectively coat those uh, fries, and two, they they got a fraction of the amount she ground up. Again, I think they're under a gram. E- even if they're uh, lightweight, they didn't finish that the fries. Be yeah. Even yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially if they have food uh, food in their stomach. A gram, one, one they hit way too early. It takes like an hour at least. Uh, two, this, this is going to be a very mild trip. They basically microdosed. Yeah, this is this is what like the asshole CEOs do every morning. <laughs> right? they, they just they just put a little bit of dusting on like their eggs or yeah. something. Yeah. Or in their protein uh, shake. Yeah. That's something I haven't seen marketed yet. Micro like uh shroom uh shroom laced um protein powders. Well, it's because shrooms are still illegal uh, in most states. Well, not in Oregon. But Yeah. So maybe there is a startup in Oregon that's like, offering th- Well that's why because like most of the most of the um the microdosing stuff, like you do see mm-hmm. from the specific Northwest. So it feels like I would have thought it was more Silicon Valley, but well, mm. East Coast, I should say. But like yeah. the but but like the products and stuff. Be like, hey, you can microdose with your coffee or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. It tends to be from like Northern California up, basically. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Um. I mean, maybe there is one in Oregon. Maybe. I, I haven't tracked. I don't know. I like, mean, uh, I get Facebook ads for fucking uh, ketamine therapy, so like... Dude, okay, here's here's a thing. Yeah. Apparently the ketamine, like the uh, the ketamine infusion, or I forget what it's called exactly, is like actually mm-hmm. really good. It basically deletes, like, with multiple, <laughs> like, uh, peer-reviewed studies, basically, like, deletes the worst of, like, depression, basically. Hmm. Um, and I want to do that so badly. Yeah. Like, call uh, me a horse and fill me full <laughs> of ketamine because, uh, man, it'd be great. It is, unfortunately, because it is, like, existing uh, within a legal loophole, 
uh, quite expensive to apply yeah. for one of these academy therapy I looked into programs. it, $5,000. Yeah. There is a place right, in yeah. my city that will do it, but it's like $5,000 exactly. per session, and you have to do like yeah. six sessions. And yeah. you have to do two every six months. You have to have these six section sessions. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, everyone, um, I don't know, give me money so I can delete my, uh, uh, depression, please. Please? Um, but, uh, Jessica takes, uh, them back to the sex bunker to finish their trip. This is where she explains about her fear about what Drughead wrote. Um, and then I guess because they are high, they, uh, Betty gives her the thing. And they said that it was pretty much gibberish. Yeah. As well, which I mean makes sense. Um and then it. Jessica gives them like good trip advice, so good on that. And then she puts on some music for them. Um, which also have a nice pretty trip. good. You know? Yeah. Put puts And so like good trip in music, yeah. Yeah, like hypothetically what you'd want is something. Yeah. Uh you I'd want to, like ambient, not a lot of lyrics yeah. normally. Yeah, sort of a funky ambient instrumental sort of deal, which is what she puts on. I think, hypothetically, I have some really good tripping music, uh, which I would mm-hmm. love to experience with someone. I think, hypothetically, that new Britney Spears Elton John track would be uh, great on a trip. Okay, okay, so, I just want to say that yeah. as much as Penelope doesn't have that Hellfire and Brimstone, god damn yeah. does she have that cult leader drip. Like, oh, yeah, ooh, man. I mean, she's a blossom. Of course, she's she a does. blossom. Like I keep, like I keep on forgetting that she's a blossom sometimes mm-hmm. because I haven't been using her properly. Yeah. So uh, this time they've decided to intercut uh, Betty and Tabitha tripping with uh, Penelope and Cheryl singing the same song. <laughs> so uh, Penelope's like in the altar plays and she sings a duet with Cheryl. Uh, which is the song that uh, Betty okay. and Tabitha are listening Let to. Let me tell you. Okay, we need mm-hmm. to talk about Cheryl's uh, outfit that she wears for like yeah. this one scene. She's wearing mm-hmm. a blazer with like with like oh, a skirt, yeah. no shirt underneath. No shirt underneath. Like she is just like, yo, I am a yeah. hot bitch, and I don't like what you're doing, mom. Yeah, uh, she's for sure taped in there. Uh, those those girlies have to be secured, otherwise, yeah, that is a dangerous fit. Yeah. By the way, when people say you have a lot of trust, most of the time, it they just have fashion tape. It's like not that hard to get. Yeah. You, you just put a little bit on there, and then the girlies stay yeah. yep. hidden. So. I hear Heidi Klum's is uh, pretty good. She's got a line. Um, and so Bet- uh, Betty and Tabitha are tripping, and uh, it's fine it's about what you'd expect from a drug ship on tv uh their behavior seems pretty good pretty in line with what i'd expect um but you know they're adding the like lights and the overlays to make it look trippy yeah like i um as a person who's never done drugs before right uh, never ever done drugs i feel Mm -hmm. like they uh overhype like trips and stuff sometimes because like you could have like astronomical ones sometimes hypothetically but like it's no, you can you can always tell which uh, writer's room has done the drugs they've written 
into the show. Yeah, because like, because like, they always they like they do so many drugs is like the most astronomical thing ever. But like, you have to like mm-hmm. actually work for that most of the time. Yeah, like most of the time, mm-hmm. it's gonna be like you're just kind of there, and the world's fuzzy. Yeah, like even if you're hallucinating. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, Shell drinks of the chalice of the sweet water. Uh, which may also be drugged, now that I think about it. Uh, Tabitha and Betty do some swing dance, which is a little weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, what they didn't oh, show also, what they didn't show is them uh, yeah. making out and realizing right. that they are bisexual. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Veronica shows up with a safe, and uh, Ted says, search her, and Betty, or Veronica says, uh, show me the blue opal first, let me see proof of life. <laughs> I just, she has let, not said a word to any of the men here. Let, she just wants to make sure her opal's okay. Let me t- let me talk to the opal now. <laughs> if there's a single scratch on that opal. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Darla pats her down, and then um, she's like, Veronica's like, well, that was about thirty seconds. Uh, you know, alluding, and Ted does have a gun, so definitely Archie and the boy should be armed. But yeah, they literally. One, I thought he put a tarp on top of that sunroof because he didn't have glass there, but apparently there is glass, and they explode it and then drop down like SWAT team, like SWAT team, like SEAL Team 6. Like, someone isn't um, playing uh, Tom Clancy Rainbow Six. Yeah. And uh, they dropped in on ropes. They are harnessed into ropes. Don't have guns. I don't know how Ted did not uh, murder all of them, but uh, it's television, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> And now we get a fight scene cut in right. with the uh, with the singing, which is something we haven't actually seen for a couple episodes. Yeah, man, whoever whoever dresses up Cheryl like they need yeah. a raise. And then uh, Cheryl does see a hallucination question mark of her brother Jason standing in the light there in, in, in the church. Um, but she did drink from that chalice, so who knows if it's, it's real or not? Yeah. Um, Archie does a very cool but very impractical flying punch here, uh, to knock out Ted. Uh, so he does a, uh, flying leap, uh, he's going, he's flying to the left, and then he does a, like, right hook, which would logistically would have zero power. Yeah, so, the thing about punching is it's very much based off of the momentum you get from being grounded, Right, it's all in your like your hips. That's where you're generating the power. It's the twist of your hips as you push forward into the punch. But because Archie's airborne and flying in the opposite direction of his fist, he is taking all that momentum away from his punch. Yeah, like, like the reason the reason flying punches in movies are believable is because they're flying forward and then punching forward. So they're using the momentum of their body combined with their fist. Here, his body's working against him. This would not have done anything to Ted. Like, if he was doing, like, a hammer punch after jumping, that's different. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have gravity helping out. Yeah, you need to be flying in the same direction as your punch. He's flying in the opposite direction, so there's no power here. Or he has superpowers. Again. Right. Or that. Most of the the questions we have could be answered with, they probably have superpowers. Who knows, maybe physics change in 2020, uh, 2027. Well, I mean, they did turn on uh, the Large Hydron uh, Collider, you know. Right. They could be in a different, they could they could have shifted to a different universe. Um, so, Veronica does say she's going to still sell this opal, but for tonight, it's all hers. 
So maybe she ends up not selling it, and it is a magic artifact. What if? We'll have to okay, find out next episode. What? If, what if that? What if the the opal is actually like mm-hmm. a like a prince that was turned into the opal, and like you know, she's just really hoping she can turn it into like a a dude. That's weird. That's you know whatever. It's it's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. It could be a lot. Also, it had an eternal glow. I swear it had an eternal glow. I agree with you. I don't think it's a prince trapped in a stone. It could be, though. How, how many, it could be, how you're many right. Tropes, how many tropes have you seen where there's a person stuck in a crystal? Not that many. <laughs> I've seen it at least three times. And I think all three of those times were Final Fantasy stuff. Final Fantasy does love a crystal. Yeah. They, they love a crystal. I mean, I feel like generally, uh, generally the uh, the trapped prince thing is usually in some sort of animals. Uh, they're very rarely in gem prisons, in my experience. Well, what, what if it's what if it's in like a, a like a universe, you know, like a, a pocky universe inside of the st- the stone? I mean, I, I it could be, I guess. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I don't know. She just seems to like that crystal way more than she likes any other person. I mean that. Opal. Well, it, it it apparently cost her a lot of money. Um, yeah. Apparently, Ethiopian blue opals are worth maybe tens of thousands of dollars now. Yeah, instead of just a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. But again, rich people will take things that used to not be super expensive and make it expensive. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Also, Hiram tells Dooley to drop the palladium thing, or next time he'll we'll shoot him in the head, uh, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and Doc scored Jughead some antibiotics. Now Jughead's fine and can go home after apologizing to Doc for that time he didn't, uh, fight for him when, you know, Jughead was like 14. And Doc was like, yeah, you were like 14. Don't be fucking stupid. Also, that was like 10 years ago. No. Yeah. 11 years ago. Well, to be fair, if like my good friend who was a grown adult had watched me get jumped and not do anything, I might hold a grudge for 10 years. But again, Jughead was a literal teenager. And so Doc, very logically, um, as an adult human man, says, that's fine that you didn't fight three grown men for me. I don't understand why he didn't just walk to someplace else. What do you mean? Like, okay, even if he was like hurt, like, why didn't he just walk from Sketch Alley oh. t- to one of his friends. No, because like he could barely walk. He collapsed after hitting that one guy. Oh, with that yeah. Wood thing. That I keep on forgetting. Sorry. This is a yeah. boring subplot. Yeah. Yeah, Jughead was de- Jughead's definitely worst in show uh, this, this episode. Oh, oh best um, in show is definitely Penelope, though. Yes. Um, also, uh, Jughead's wearing a Superman shirt that Doc gave him, which confirms, A, that Superman is also a fictitious character in this universe, and B, uh, I think that's a fun callback, because Jughead used to wear, you know, the classic Jughead S shirt, and now it's a, it's a different S. No, that's, it's, it's cute. It's cute. Right. Uh, who? Yeah, and he's also, like, wearing a beanie. It's not his crown beanie, but it is a beanie, so it's kind of a callback. Who's the daddy in this episode? Yeah, there's, not, there's not, not a lot of daddy, daddy. No, no, this was not a very daddy episode. Can we can can we just make can we just make Penelope honorary da- uh, daddy? Yeah, 
I'm fine with that. Yeah, because I feel like Daddy's more of a state of mind. It, like she's definitely yeah. putting off some big dick energy in this episode. Um. So, uh, Tabitha and Betty finally come down from their like half a gram trip, uh, and they're like, "Whoa, how long did we sleep? It felt like a week and a half." Which, uh, I imagine that if you were tripping on streams, it's pretty hard to go to bed. Um, just from my imagination on what it would be like to be high on shrooms. Um, and once again, also, they had so little. Like, um, but <laughs> again, like, again, hypothetically, yeah, like, that's only if you're just getting the body high, maybe, mm-hmm. and you don't get the, and like, you have, you know what my, uh, you know what my headcanon for this is? Uh, they took like a microdose, they, they took a microdose, got a little high, but then uh, Jessica told them they had ingested shrooms, and because they're both squares, they freaked the fuck out. So the rest of their trip was uh, Psych- psychosomatic. Yeah. No, it would have been a yeah. lot better if she just doused it in, like, acid, and then put mm-hmm. a bunch of salt over it afterwards. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd like to imagine that they spent all night thinking they were high when they had come down, like, an hour after Jessica left, and then fell asleep. And they were like, whoa, we were so high. Man, that was crazy. Man, I drank three non-alcoholic beers. I must be right? so drunk. Exactly, literally that. Uh, then I think Tabitha says she doesn't want to date. Oh no, she says she wants to help Betty look for the missing girls. That's what she said. Okay, I don't care. Okay, I know I keep on press- pressing for Polly Avery in this show, mm-hmm. but it'd be really great if Tabitha was just like, man, I like Jughead, but also, Betty? Hmm? Mm. Hmm? And then they could have a triad. Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, Jughead leaves Tabitha a voicemail apologizing and saying he's, uh, leaving for New York because he's got some shit that happened in New York he has to confront. And the last scene... Uh, of this episode is Jughead hitching a ride on an ominous-looking truck. Lest we forget, there is a serial killer truck driver out there somewhere. So maybe Jughead is about to be abducted. Dun dun dun. Actually, hold on. That sign, uh, I think, says how far New York is. <laughs> so I do want to catch that. They do mention driving. Uh, Jessica does mention driving up from New York, so we know they are upstate. Yeah, which makes sense because they're close to the Canadian border. Yeah. And also, you know, it's a small town, upstate New York, that makes a ton of sense to me. Where the burbs are and everything. Uh, Where the fuck is that shot of New York? It was a really short scene, so... Yeah, there we go. 86 miles. So it's 86 miles north of New York City. Like, mid... Pull up a map. (laughs) Like, Midwestern, like, by Midwestern, uh, like, standards, that's not long. Sure. Uh, I just want to see if I can figure out what 86 miles from New York City looks like. Uh, let me see. There's Syracuse, Newark. Where's... I don't actually know where NYC is inside of New York. Where is it, NYC? Is that... Oh, that's way south. It's like the most southern part of yeah, New York. Yeah, it's close... No, like, no, it's close to New Jersey, so... Mm-hmm. All right. Where's the legend on this? I'm trying to figure out if I can map out... Uh, 86 miles, uh, population, transport, interstate. Uh, this isn't gonna tell me what 86 miles looks like on a map. Oh, here it is. Alright, so, uh, 80 miles is this amount, so going up, it's going to be, uh, past 
uh, Poughkeepsie, which I had a friend Kipsky. there. Shout out. Poughkeepsie. Whatever. whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of those. Uh, my screen keeps moving. Let me re- reline up. I'm using my fingers to figure this out. Uh, so it's probably uh, it's probably in the Catskills. That looks like it's a little further up near near Hudson is probably where Riverdale is. Well, okay, but no, it has to be higher though. I mean, eighty six miles is about at the Catskill Mountains. Yeah, but but like they were so if Archie was able to just kind of like hike. You're right. <laughs> That's like that is a hike to uh, Canada. Like. Because, like, as far... Because, like, he just hiked in Season 2, right? Yeah. At the end of Season 2, right? Uh, I think so. I mean, maybe there was some, like, off-screen uh, hitchhiking they just don't talk about, but... But, like, they, they were asked, they were acting as if, like, they're... Okay, but, okay. How far right. how far away is Canada to the east, let's say? Uh, I mean, it's not to the not east. Not to the west, uh, I mean. The West. I mean, long. New York's wide. Yeah, New York's wide. It's 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 a chode of a state. Yeah. So literally, eighty miles is about right where the Catskill Mountains are. This whole section right here is about eighty miles. So eighty six miles is just a little past that. Uh, so they could even even if they were um, to the west part of New York, eighty six miles up, you're still uh, a little bit between like Monticello and Binghamton. Bing Binghamton. Uh, hmm. or else straight north is pretty close to like, Catskill. I, I just feel like they should be up closer, uh, closer to the border. It does feel that way, huh? Well, that sign maybe. No, that sign has to be pretty near. He's walking. It's got to be pretty near. Fucking. I mean, unless uh, unless unless he was doing hitchhiking and like. Yeah, I guess he could have already hitchhiked a bit up this highway. Possibly, or down this highway, I should say, because, but like because like if because he, if he's driving down, mm-hmm. I mean if he's hitchhiking down, mm-hmm. we don't know how many days it's been necessarily. It the way it's framed, it seems like a pretty immediate thing, but you're right, it could be different. Um, but let me think, because uh, they also told us how long the lonely highway is. The lonely highway is two hundred miles. So let me see if I can't figure out uh, how far that goes then. Uh, so right around here was 80, 160. Uh, yeah, the highway, the lonely highway doesn't even go up that high. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel I like know. they, I don't know. Because like, they make it sound like Canada's like right there, basically. And there's they often do, plenty yes. of places in New York where Canada is right there. Yep. Uh, but that would be then, you know, like a fucking... You, then you can't just do a hop skip to New York. Yeah. Like, for example, Jessica drove up from New York. She made it sound like a day trip at most. Yeah, like, like, so, like they make it sound like whenever I visited my, uh, my aunt and uncle, like, on the other side of Kentucky... Which would be a two hundred mile like ride, like to and from, yeah. Basically, I mean, I I simply think this is a case of a bunch of writers from uh, L.A. never having really looked at where New York is inside of New York State. Yeah. For example, like me, who didn't realize it was on the very southern tip of New York, basically not even in New York. It should be in Jersey, but New York's claimed it because it's a huge city and they wanted it. Well, yeah. Also. Like, the only reason why I know where New York is, really, on the map, because, again, mm-hmm. I'm American. 
I don't yeah. know maps, but yeah, um, people always talk about the the rich people who come over from Jersey, right? They have who have high power jobs, right? Yeah, once once you get rich enough, you move to Jersey because you can commute in, um, and you know how buying a house is much more affordable in Jersey than it is in the city. Also, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of NYPD uh, cops actually live in Jersey as well. Oh, sure, because uh, cops rarely actually police the communities they live in. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's our, uh, geography segment of the show. Like, they keep on giving us clues for answer questions. Yeah. But, like, they yeah. don't make any sense in context. They sure don't. So, yeah. Hey, you know what? Maybe in 2027 they moved where New York City is. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, alright. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, so... Um, I would like to recommend a manga that's definitely going to get a, uh, uh, definitely going to get a anime. Not soon, because it only has like 25, uh, chapters out, but it's, uh, right. Gachi Akuta. Okay. Um, basically the premise is, um, there are these people called, uh, Givers, Okay. Who live in this world that's, like, filled with gar- garbage that's, like, basically dropped by the sky people. And okay. these uh, janitors slash givers uh, are able to transform objects that are well-loved into, like, weapons. And they have to fight, like, they have to fight, like, uh, like aberrant beasts, which are, like, basically monsters and whatnot. Um, okay. And the main person uh, is a person who is from the sky that was quote unquote executed by being put into the, uh, you know, their garbage pit, basically. Mm. And they have the power to turn any object into a weapon. And it that's like really like strange. And like it's still in the beginning. You know, it had that like you know, beginning arc where the main character gets to show off that they're really strong, but, like, they're not strong mm-hmm. enough, really, yet. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm liking it so far. The writing is is decent. Um, I like the design. It's definitely gonna get an anime uh, just from the look of it um, mm-hmm. and the way that it's set up. Uh, so, I like it. I don't know. Read it if you want to or not. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, mine also has to do with well-loved objects. Uh, I am recommending. Uh, it's called Lost Ollie. It is on Netflix. It is a mini series, so four episodes. Um, and it is uh, about a toy rabbit that uh, gets lost and wants to find his owner again. And it's very cute and kind of super dark sometimes. Um, but I, I mean. My favorite children's book is The Velveteen Rabbit. I love Toy Story growing up. I love a toy that comes to life because of a child's love and imagination and will do anything to get back to that child. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. Okay, cool. Um, I think it's my turn. All right. Let it rip. Uh, hey, do you want to drink out of this possibly drug chalice of, of uh, water? Well, you know, I'm having so much fun singing the song with my uh, immense cleavage. Why not? Okay, bye. Bye.
started to feel just a little abuse Like a coffee machine in an office uh, So I'm gonna go somewhere closer to get me a lover and tell you about it Sea Wolf Wall Street Sea Wolf Wall Street Why me the She Wolf of Wall Street?